Good morning. Thank you for coming back after the uh, break. This is Father Richard Kunzlaw with Father Ryan Moravitz coming to you from uh, the Diocese of Duluth, St. James Campus of Selimar's Academy School. And this is Real Presence Live in the Diocese of Duluth. So, uh, Father um, uh, Ryan, that was a good uh, prayer uh, segment that we have with Prayerfully Yours. But what do you think of Cindy? What an inspiring person, huh? Yeah, Cindy's, a, first interview. Cindy's an inspiration. You know, I had the chance to meet her and her husband um, for the first time curling up in Hibbing, Minnesota. Oh, wow, really? <clears throat> when I was first a priest, and we curled together in a, in a fun spiel um, up there. And he was really a, a great man. Mm-hmm. Um, um, did you on, only like on meet him? Did you get to know him fairly well? I didn't get to know like... him really well, you know. I mean, I would run into them uh, on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, his parents were living in Hibbing at the time. They're now living oh, they right. now live yep. here in Duluth. And so... Would would see them on on occasion, so I didn't know them really well. But the day or the two day, I, no, it was just a one day fun spiel. I think it was just it was just a lot of fun and really right. really good. And you know, I think to hear her say that through his suffering he was made holy. Yeah. That's the beauty of suffering if we go through it right. Yeah, and the other you know the that, other thing that, that was, we didn't mention that he was a medical doctor, and so right. to to be in the medical profession and then have that happen to you. I think maybe brings a different dimension. And then the idea of since he was dealing with people's sufferings all the time and now he was facing his own and, you know, impending with the, with his own mortality and looking upon that, it's just a, it's an amazing how the two of them got holy in that and yeah. then how, and how Cindy continues to be an incredible inspiration. So I was, you know, it's one of those things too, what we're doing a podcast at the parish now. And yesterday we were talking about all saints we were talking about, I was just saying that, you know, we need kind of local saints and not necessarily canonized ones, mm-hmm. but just there's local people or people in our lives that truly are those those saintly, truly holy people that can be just as inspiring to us as, you know, the saints that we all know are the canonized mm-hmm. saints that are, yeah. you know, in we- the canon, but... We need local. It's and I use the comparison of like baseball. I say, you know, we need local ball players too to mm-hmm. inspire us just as much as we need the, you know, I was saying in my day the Kirby Puckets and right. the Ken Herbacks. Right. You know, we we need those people on a local level to inspire us in the game, if you will. And we priests, we're at least we pastors of parishes. We're in a unique position to be able to really witness those saints because every every parish has somebody, yeah, or or a few even that that you can see how important the faith is to that parishioners and uh and so we can see it we have the we have the first row seats of that and so when one of those per- when one of those persons die that you know that are so active in the faith those are the best funerals cuz there's you get so into the spirit of that person and you know you got full confidence where they are in god and, and those those types of funerals when they really do become saints then are really powerful yeah they really really are you know one of the things that surprised me when i became a priest was there's there's more people than you realize who have certain mystical experiences if you will that have that have had some really profound experiences very similar to the saints right and they they're not necessarily ever going to be known about and don't need to be known about and they don't brag about it they don't if somebody brags about it that's always like the first little red flag but if it's real and somebody has that experience and they talk to you about it as pastor it can be a no doubt i'm a cynic type of guy but you can you but you know when somebody's had that experience you can can tell there's times when people will come in to, to visit and you know that they're genuinely encountering the lord in a a mystical way which ultimately we're all called to on some level right and there's different levels of gifts of that but i just think you know you you look at cindy and you think about their story and her husband 
you know, there's there's a there's a dynamic of him being a, a local kind of saintly model, mm-hmm. if I can use that language. You know, he's not a canonized saint or anything, but definitely a saintly model for his kids, right. for his boys, right? Um, and certainly for her and, and a, a lot of people room. that knew him. That and prayer, the prayer room that she sets up. I mean, those are things like we need the local saints to be living that out, to be models and inspirations of holiness. And amen. It's um. It, we kind of forget that we do participate in that that life of the saints. Um, well, and as we approach All Saints Day, it comes more to our reality and more in the focus for us. Exactly right, now. right. So it's it's great to be able to visit with people like like Cindy and and hear those truly right. inspiring stories. Well, good. You hear, hear that sound effect? That sound effect tells us that we are in our straight talk segment where you have the opportunity to call in with your questions. You can call on our phone number, which is eight seven seven. Seven nine five zero one two two, or you can go on our Facebook page and uh, submit a question that way. You don't have to go on the air. You can call in with that question, and you can just submit it, and they can ask it for us, or they can they put it up on our screen for us. So if you're nervous about being on the air, you don't even have to do that. And uh, the one thing about this segment, it's actually my favorite segment on the show. But what happens every time, at least when we're on the show, Father Ryan, it's like. There's no questions for about 15 minutes, and then they all come in at the last few minutes, and then we can't get to them because it's like we have to like kind of encourage people to make the phone calls. They build up the, the, the courage to finally do it, and then to do it at the end. We want callers to come at the beginning with these good questions. So that's 877-795-0122. Don't wait for the end of the segment. If you got a good question, uh, you can ask it in any way. Go to the Facebook page. There's tons of good questions out there. I mean, I mean, as priests, we get bombarded by theological questions all the time. And so I'm sure that there's lots of listeners out there that, that have questions, that they have an opportunity to ask one of their local priests. Again, folks, that's 877-795-0122. Father Rich, um, so, you know, we have Halloween coming up, All Saints Day, All Souls Day. Um, when we hear about ghosts... Are we actually hearing about the holy souls in purgatory? I mean, are, what are we, what's the teaching on this whole dynamic of ghosts? Yeah, the thing or you know, when people claim to have seen people or different things like that. Is that right. is that real? Is it in line with Catholic theology? It is. It is. You know, I mean, uh, not to let our you know imagination get away from us, but there's right. there's too many um, uh, there's too many examples of stories of encounters with what what we might we might call ghosts on the secular level but spirits and uh you know speculation as to what is that what's their reality and from from my perspective what i would see what i would say is that that an experience of a ghost or a spirit that might manifest itself in some unique way uh, would be more of a purgatory thing you know i i think that there could be ways in which the demonic might uh have some sort of manifestation uh, that could be very troubling, but I would say that, and it's certainly not somebody in heaven, you know, cause like they're not going to go around trying to, you know, be present here. And so, uh, I think that what most would say, you know, um, spiritual authors and even people that would be more experts in this realm would say that, that these people that appear as quote unquote ghosts are, um, abiding their time with purgatory in some mysterious way and and so if you see if you see if you have this unique experience with a quote-unquote ghost or spirit it's it's normal to be afraid i think or scared for a second but what's most important is to pray for that person yeah that's the big thing is you to know? pray right yeah pray for that soul because that's a soul yeah you know 
that's part of like the whole dynamic of the mystical body of Christ. It's 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 those of us in Christ on earth, those in, in purgatory and those in heaven, and we all have a communion that we share in. And so there is this dynamic of um, likely souls in purgatory on special occasion being able to call out and say, hey, I need help and I need prayer, you know? So... Um, I, I know I had an, when my grand one of my grandfathers had died. There was a there was a few years there where I there was just these funny things that were happening that that definitely seemed to be a clear sign of Grandpa going. I need you to not forget about me. I need you to be praying for me. And we didn't overthink it. We didn't overanalyze it. Um, we kind of smiled at it sometimes. It wasn't anything scary, but it was it was definitely enough to be. We got to keep praying. Yeah, and to get your attention. Him. Yep. Yeah, there's so there's so, too many um, uh, well-grounded um, people that have had experiences to dismiss it. Yeah, and it would be it would be in line with you know our our theology. It would be in line with sacred scripture tradition. It, 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 it doesn't go contrary to it, but we have to be careful about not getting goofy about it. Right, right, and, right. Uh, and that's kind of getting yeah. run run over or run run away with it a little bit. So I would you know there's a lot of horror stories, uh, horror movies out there, and I'd love to have a movie, not a horror movie, but a movie that really focuses on the experience of the ghost from the Catholic perspective of spirits and the manifestations of them. Yeah, and not sensationalizing it. Exactly. Because, you know, Hollywood can sensationalize all sorts of things, especially in the spiritual realm. And I think that's where we have to be careful is we can't, like, get, we can't get obsessed on it, too, because people will get fixated on, like, you know, the spirit world or whatever you want right, to say. Right, right. Uh, so we've got to be careful with that. Yeah. yeah. But it is interesting. It, it's a... It's a it opens up a whole lot of curiosity. When I teach um, and answer questions to like teenagers, they often always go to that to that realm of questioning. Because I think they, you know, I mean, they hear about their classmates and stuff like that having experiences, and and it is fascinating. It's it brings curiosity. Yeah, and there's a it's mysterious too, you know. It is, but a lot of people have have experienced it. So, um, we have a, a listener uh, that's not on the phone. Uh, that that called in. Thanks. It, is it true that when using things like Ouija boards and seances to communicate with the dead, that um, it will always be a demon that we communicate with? That it's not actually possible to conjure up communication with deceased souls, unless the Lord permits it. In the, which case, they will appear. Uh, well, the the question kind of answers itself. The way the the, <clears throat> the way the question is asked is like when you do these things that are prohibited by the catholic church clearly uh is it the demonic or is it a soul that god allows it's going to be the demonic okay so god is not going to allow some soul up in heaven or even in purgatory to have some sort of communication through the ouija board it's not going to happen okay so it's demonic don't do it don't do seances don't do any of those things when you do stuff like that you open yourself up to you you invite the demonic into your world when you do stuff like that. People think that it's like innocent and fun. They even sell toy, you know, you go to the toy store, you buy stupid Ouija boards. It's ridiculous. When you do stuff like that, you're opening yourself up to the demonic. Don't do it. Don't do it. So it's 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 wrong to conjure up the dead, right? Like those like, like to try to conjure them up. Yeah. What's the difference between that, that and asking the saints or loved ones to pray for us. Well, you're not conjuring them up, right? You know, you're you're asking them to pray for your intentions while they're in. He- you're not asking them, okay, Grandma, I know you're up there in heaven. Want you to appear to me, you know, and answer this prayer. It's not that at all. You're 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 asking them. They're now one with God or a saint uh, to pray for your intentions. That's far different than conjuring up. That's right. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. 
Ouija boards are bad. Okay, good. Um, we have somebody on the phone. Um, Pam from Wimbledon, North Dakota, wants to talk about uh, the plenary indulgences with All Souls Day. Pam, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good and, morning. Uh, Thank, thanks for joining us. Good yeah. morning. How are you today? Yeah, doing well. How are you? Okay, I'm doing great as well. Um, hey. Our priest here at our church, you know, gave a very good talk on plenary indulgences on Sunday. And I was so, I'm always so fascinated with this topic. And I know, you know, we've got our All Souls Day and All Saints Day coming up. And he did talk about the eight days, November 1st through November 8th, where you can offer a plenary indulgence um, for a loved one or for yourself, I guess, um, each one of those days. And there's things that you have to do um, for that plenary indulgence to take effect. And I would love you to elaborate on that if you could. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I, I have to I have to admit, Pam, that I'm not up on all aspects of plenary indulgence, but usually what's involved with that when you have to, like, uh, the prayers that go along with that is like praying for the intentions of the Holy Father is almost always part of it. Uh, uh, sacramental uh, confession is always a part of it. And if I if I remember, and I could be wrong. I mean, I, I really don't know the specifics, but I think that also like the um, uh, like the profession of faith, like the the creed, goes along with it. And so there are there are def, there are different in um, uh, types of indulgences that might have different prayers that go along with it. But those are generally the ones that maybe, maybe like the, the typical uh, the Our Father and the Hail Mary as well. But but I know that the intentions of the Holy Father and praying for Him is almost always a part of of uh, of that. So um, okay. I I'm learning here too, but I'm <coughs> one of the beautiful things is like you know let's look it up. So I'm not afraid to say let's look it up and be sure. On that. <laughs> so this is just a quick search, and so um, but a plenary indulgence. This is from the Endricon. And don't tell me it's from Wikipedia, Father. No, that's okay. not Wikipedia. Okay. okay. Um, a plenary indulgence applicable only to the souls in purgatory is granted to the faithful who. On any and each day from November 1st to the 8th, devoutly visit a cemetery and pray, if only mentally, for the departed. On all, and then on All Souls Day, or according to the judgment of the ordinary, on the Sunday preceding or following it, or on the Solemnity of All Saints, devoutly visit a church or an oratory and recite in Our Father and the Creed. A partial indulgence, applicable only to the souls in purgatory, is granted to the faithful who devoutly visit a cemetery and at least mentally pray for the dead or devoutly recite lauds or vespers from the office of the dead, or the prayer requiem eternum, uh, which is eternal rest. So, there you go, Pam. How was that? That was actually pretty good. I just know that um, Father Mulligan, when he gave a talk on it on Sunday, did a fantastic job, and you did yeah. as well. But I just I wanted yeah. everybody to hear about it so that we can all learn from these um, gifts that are that are out there for us to, to receive and for us to take part in. And so and, um, I felt very blessed to have learned about it, and I wanted everybody else to know about it as well. So thank that's you. That's great, Pam. That's super great. And one thing about plenary indulgences, too, is that, um, you know, you have to have an interior disposition of complete detachment from sin, even venial sin. So you do have to have, you can't be like, uh, it's not kind of a... It's not magic. It's not magic. It's, it, it is... It is a, it's a holy prayer. So interiorly, you have to have a holy disposition of complete detachment from sin. Um, you also have to have, receive the sacrament of confession, receive the Holy Eucharist, um, and then recite the prayers and intentions for the Holy Father along with those other things that, that one would do. And so it, there is a dynamic, too, of like, it's it's not simple, actually, to truly re receive a plenary indulgence. You know, it's just... You have to be on the right path. You do. You have to be holy. You have to be 
truly in a state of grace to to bring about excuse me that so that's another dynamic to it um that i'm sure i your pastor too probably spoke of and so that's one thing a lot of people like well as long as i just go to the cemetery and say this prayer well yeah but there's other things to that and it's about where you're at in your relationship with the lord and your relationship to sin in your life you know are you detached from that are you uh are you in a state of grace so so yeah so great thank you Thank Great. You. Thanks, I appreciate thanks for calling, that. Pam, and bringing that up. It's good to bring things up, too, even if we know the answers to it. Like because, it, like you said, I just want everybody else to know about it. So let's talk about it. That's that's Correct. really, really good. Yeah. We have, uh, you well, know, so we have some other. Have a great day, Pam. We have some other questions coming yeah. through, but before that, um, before they come through, uh, our principal here at Stella Mars actually submitted a few questions from f- a few of our students. So I'm just going to read one of these because I think it's kind of interesting. This is from one of our eighth graders. It says, "Why can a deacon do benediction when he can't consecrate the Eucharist?" So. Benediction is giving a blessing. You know, I mean, it's more of a formal blessing, but, but you know, there's nothing. Uh, it's a different type of blessing than what a lay person can give. But when you say God bless you to somebody after they've sneezed, you give them a blessing to a degree. And so, giving a blessing is, in a way, it's part of our um, who we are as being uh, uh, Christian, as part of the you know the priestly people of God. But Eucharist and consecration is a total different animal. You have to be you have to be ordained for that. And, and uh, there's three levels of ordination, diaconal, uh, priest, and then the, the, the bishop. And so to have the Eucharist, have, be able to, the ability to do consecration, a deacon, your ordination deacon cannot do that. That has to be the deacon, the, the ordination of the priesthood. So anybody can give a blessing, a benediction, a formal blessing would come from, a deacon could do that, but consecration is reserved for the priest and the bishop. Folks, if you have a question, call in 877 0122 or look us up on Facebook. Um, you can submit your questions and comments on Facebook as well. We have another uh, listener question right now. It looks like this came from Facebook. When we lose a loved one, is there a time in life when we can believe that they are no longer in purgatory and have journeyed on to heaven? You want to take that, Father Ron? Um, it, it would seem to me that the answer to that is no, not with certainty. Um, so continue to pray, continue to have masses offered. Um, I think that there are times where there, there's a sense sometimes where I think the person's there, but we, we can't know for certainty. And no prayer is wasted. And no prayer is wasted, and, yeah. And the thing is that God is, we are in time, God is not in time. And so we can say a prayer after the fact, and it's still, because God is outside of time, it can still have a positive impact, because we're, God's not in time. It's kind of like, it's kind of like it's t- time warp type of thing, but... I remember my gra- we were talking about local saints, and one of the local saints in my life was my own grandmother. She died. I was like, I had just turned 18 when she died, died of cancer, truly a saint. And uh, and I remember um, uh, uh, staying with her at the hospital overnight uh, one night, and, and I said to her, I said, Grandma, I said, if there's anybody that's not going to make it be in purgatory for very long, it's going to be you. And she chewed me out. She said, don't ever say that. Don't ever say that. Don't ever tell anybody that. She said, because then people are going to stop praying for me. And who knows? how long I need to be with God in, yeah. you know, in purgatory. And so she got ticked off at me. And so, uh, uh, so yep, Father Ryan is straight on. You know, I mean, praying for souls all the time. Even if somebody who, who died when you were a child, continue to pray for them. There's no prayer that is wasted. Good question. Yeah, really good question. All right, we've had some, we've had some uh, uh, good questions that the people were taking on my challenge about uh, submitting questions at the front end of the segment. So uh, right now, let's uh, put out the number again, 
888-528-0122 or visit us on Facebook. We still have time on Straight Talk and we can take your questions. We do have other questions here from the uh, um, from our students here that were submitted from our sixth graders and from our eighth graders. Father Ryan, you can take a look at these, any of those questions that you'd like to to uh, focus on. So these are from kids from Stella Maris Academy right here on the St. James campus. Well, let's let's plow through a couple of these. We could give we can give I'll, I'll quiz you, Father Rich, too. Okay. You can mm-hmm. give a short, quick answer. All right. without, they're always short. Sometimes, yeah, they're not always short. <laughs> if you're Catholic, do you have to get married in the Catholic Church? The expectation is yes. You have you have the expectation by the nature of your baptism in the Catholic Church to do it the Catholic way. So how, yes. how were dinosaurs created before humans if Adam named all the animals? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a big question, though. You know, so it's and this might actually call, cause in some people a phone call to us, but we have to look at them. Uh, the Adam and Eve story is a parable, and we don't look at it a history textbook like you'd read a history textbook today. So it's a parable, and so in the parable, it's telling us how we got the way we are and and how it happened this way. And parables don't always match well with what we have found out historically and stuff, and so. Um, uh, we definitely know that there were dinosaurs long before humans. We know that. And some you know, fundamentalists that read the Bible literally would have a problem with that. But science and archaeology, it's kind of hard to, to refute that. Father Rich, how was the church invented? How was it invented? It was, it was created by Jesus Christ. Okay. Why is the Mass only an hour long? Depends on what priest you're talking about. Father Ryan's Masses are extraordinarily long. No, long they aren't. So- My Masses are always... I didn't say your Mass. I said your homilies. You just said, but the question is, is why is mass? Well, that's well, let me finish the question. Okay. So it's like, so Father Ryan would he's going to be crunching other parts of the mass to make them really short, so that he has time for his homilies. But uh, he he ends with an hour. He says, "I do." Okay, I'm 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 just explaining how. But that's not the question. The oh, question, the question? Is about, says, why is mass <laughs> only an hour long? Oh well, I mean. It's it's not always an hour long, so I don't I don't have a I don't know if I I think the sixth grader wants to know why why wouldn't we have mass why why was it why wouldn't it be longer why wouldn't it be more sometimes they are why go, to, go to a go to a papal mass and they're not rushed I mean some priests might rush the mass but I you know I like you I don't rush the mass my homilies are just brief <laughs> that's all okay next question how long oh, let me look at the screen make sure nothing else came up nothing here. else is coming up but eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two that's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two don't be afraid to submit a question or you can do it on Facebook as well go ahead father Evan yeah, for the time being we're we're we got a bunch of questions from the sixth graders and eighth graders um, and others so I'm plowing through the sixth grade questions right now um, how long has God been around and how was he created <laughs> God's a been quick around answer. a long time <laughs> God is outside of time and so God has always been he was not created. He was not created. So that's the other thing. That's a good question, but we've got to remember God was not created. He is eternal. He has no mm-hmm. beginning, no end. And we don't have, we can't conceive of that because we're in time and that's our only experience. So what is the most important it. part of the church? The most important part of the church? Well, the uh, Second Vatican Council referred to the Eucharist as the source and summit of our faith. And so I would probably have to say it's the Eucharist. Why, okay, now we're jumping to eighth graders. Why is the Mass the way it is? Because it's formed throughout time. Its origins is in the Last Supper, and we can see already in the in the uh, scriptures and the earliest writings of the uh, church fathers. Saint Justin Martyr, in particular, talks about the um, uh, uh, the Mass and how it was formed, and so we kept it for the most part. Okay, since the church doesn't support the death penalty, why did God kill people in the Bible? Uh, well, we talked about this actually yesterday in RCI, or uh, yeah, and and so. 
you know, God, when the, the, the opening line of the letters to the Hebrews talks about how God spoke to us in the past in fragmentary ways through the prophets and through the law. And so when we look at God's actions in the Old Testament, that they're not a full revelation. And so uh, we didn't have a full comprehension of God's action back then. So we wrote things that weren't necessarily according to God's ways because God doesn't change. We change. And our understanding of his revelation changes. He's fully revealed with Jesus Christ. And so uh, God killing people in the Old Testament, we can say that, well, look at it, it says it right there. But is that really how God acts? Is that the God of Jesus Christ? No. And so we were having a partial revelation of God back then. And uh, because of that, we had a partial understanding. And now we've got a question. Let's go to a question from a listener. It's a follow-up on the plenary indulgence question. If the plenary indulgence is offered for the poor souls and not ourselves, does that change things when it comes to attachment to sin for us? No. I don't think so. I was looking at my, somebody texted me, I'm sorry, Father Ryan. <laughs> Father Ryan, I thought you were taking that question. So he looks at me like, with puppy dog eyes, well, can you no, help me out here, Father? It, it, yeah, can you help me out? If, a, if the plenary indulgence is offered for the poor souls and not ourselves, does that change things when it comes to attachment to sin for us? No, I don't think so. No, you st- no. I would still, your, for your prayer to be efficacious, there's a need for holiness. And so... You can't be like, well, I'm just going to keep sinning, and I'll still yeah. get Grandpa out of purgatory, and then, right. you know, my my grandkids can get me out of purgatory, so I don't have to worry about the sin in my life. Like, no, there's a, you need to be holy to get that indulgence this, yeah. for yourself or for others. If I'm wrong on that, somebody can correct me and show no, me. No, 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 you're I'm right. Wrong. This is this is the, this is why saints' prayers are always so powerful because they conform their will to God's, and and if you're not conforming your will to God, you're not going to have powerful prayers. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, That's question. where there's a line in Scripture good that the question. prayer of the righteous man is powerful. Yeah, powerful. Yeah. So call 877-795-0122. We still have uh, um, plenty of time for questions. <clears throat> you can also go on our Facebook page, but 877-795-0122. Father Rich, let's jump to some first grade questions. Oh, I didn't see the first grade questions there. All right. Okay. Why do priests wear all black? Uh, I always say it's my favorite color. But it's just, you know, I mean, it's not the same for everywhere. You know, I mean, if you go to Africa, they wear white a lot. Okay. So black is common around here. It's just our uniform. Where is heaven? It is total presence, unity with God. It's not a place. Why do they ring bells during the Mass? Because it used to be that the Mass was in Latin, and a lot of people didn't know Latin. They were following along in their Roman missals. And, uh, or their little missalettes, and so they weren't paying as close of attention. So the bells were to get the people's attention and their nose out of the book to look up and see that this is the most significant part of the Mass. So it had a very practical reason for the why, bells. Why is the red candle only light during Mass time? It's not. It's lit all the time. Was that a first grade question or is that your question? First grade. <laughs> that was Father Ryan's question. <laughs> why do we it lit in your church, Father Ryan? Why do we kneel all of the time? Well, we don't kneel all the time, but we kneel during the Mass at the most significant parts of the Mass, the consecration in particular. Okay, good. Let's get third grade questions. Well, these are really great. 877 <laughs> These are great questions, but we still want listeners to call yeah, in. Yeah, certainly call in, but these are this is our filler this week that we've jumped onto because we know that maybe some of the Stella Mars kids are listening as well right now. So, hey, guys. Um, thanks for joining us. Uh, why are there so many religions? Why can't there just be one? I One of my often repeated lines is that the reason why we have so many, at least Christian denominations, it's the clearest sign of original sin. 
Jesus prayed uh, on the last day before he was crucified at the Last Supper. The last prayer he prayed with his apostles is that all would be one as he is one with the Father. All of his disciples would be one. And so original sin is the reason why we have so many different denominations. And that and we Catholics are guilty too. So it's, it's, not, like, it's not like darn those Protestants. It's like we allowed this to happen. That question was from, I think it's Alan, E-L-I-N. So oh, yeah. Thanks, Alan. Yeah. Then we have one from Lauren. Why did Jesus die that way? On the cross? Mm-hmm. Well, you, I think that's... What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That was, no, go ahead. Just that answer it. I'm not going to give you a hard time for that. Just answer it. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> the other way he died. <laughs> Father, Father Ryan, be quiet. I love so, jumping on those. So, so he died. He uh, It was foreordained. You know, if you go back and you read the uh, suffering servant, prophet Isaiah and the Psalm 22 in particular, you know that uh, this was how he was going to die. A question from Stella. Where did Adam and Eve go when they left? When they left the Garden of Eden is my assumption. And so they, there's nothing, There's as far as I know, there's nothing in the Bible that says that they went to a certain city. So they just left the Garden of Eden. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or you can go to us on Facebook if you have a question. These are great, cute questions from our kids. But if you have a question, don't be afraid to call. Don't be afraid to get on the air. Don't be afraid to just submit your question. That's eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Question from Jackson: Why has Jesus not come again in person? Well, he will, but we don't know when, when we we talk about the second coming. But, of course, he does come all the time at the Mass and the Eucharist. But I'm sure that Jackson's referencing the second coming. And uh, we don't know when that's going to be. But he will. So we don't know why he hasn't yet. No. But he will. In his own wisdom. How did God have the idea to create the world? This is from Alaria? Alaria. So um, uh, just love. You know, God is love. And so uh, God created us strictly out of love because he loves us. Okay, jump into fourth grade. Why can't priests get married, Father Rich? Priests cannot get married because, well, there's practical reasons and then there's theological reasons. There is a, you can get married if you get permission from the Pope or certain circumstances, but for the most part, in the Latin Catholic rite that we have, priests do not get married because we are married to the church, and so you can't have more than one spouse, but also there's practical reasons as well. What does the word church mean? Ecclesia means to, it means an assembly. It comes from the Greek word ecclesia. Did God make the devil? God made the he made the angels, and some of them some of those angels abuse their free will by choosing themselves over God, and so he didn't create them evil, but he created them good, and they became evil in their own free will. What is the tabernacle for? The tabernacle literally means tent, and it's where God pitches his tent with us. So tabernacle is where the Eucharist is reserved in our church, and that's why we genuflect towards the tabernacle. It's where Jesus is. What year was the Bible first made? The Bible was, well, the Bible as we have it right now, the canon as we have it right now, as I think is right around the year 418. 418 is when it, when it finally came together with the letter to the Hebrews and the book of Revelation. Call 877-795-0122 if you have any questions. We're working through questions from Stella Mari's kids um, to fill the gaps until others call in. Father Rich, why did God make us able to do whatever we want? He gave us our free will. It's the best thing because he didn't make us into to, um, uh, machines where you push a button, it just does whatever he wants us to do. So our free will is the best thing that he gave us besides himself. Father Rich, why can't girls be priests? <laughs> uh, girls cannot be priests because that is foreordained by God. This is a really big question. And so uh, it's like I'm not giving it any, uh, we're not doing it justice by this. But, you know, Jesus picked only men. 
And because the church is the bride and we act in persona Christi as priests that uh, uh, in the person of Jesus, then we then we are we have to be men in that in that relationship with the church. And then a final question from the eighth grade questions that we skipped. Why do we have to learn about religion? Because that's what's going to bring us happiness in this life and the next life and get us to heaven. You know, you did okay answering those questions for those kids. Thanks, Father Ryan. I appreciate it. You did okay I, got more... asking them. <laughs> you did okay reading. There are a lot of questions I have, too, so I'm right with them. Yeah, I, I was questions. kind of surprised that you didn't know I why we had things. the red candle lit only during Mass. <laughs> Father Ryan, is that what you guys do up at St. Lawrence? I, yeah. Well, so you, do you it... blow out the sanctuary candle isn't after Mass? Isn't that what mass? we're supposed to do? Sure. If, if it's St. Fa- Lawrence. fire code or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, that's St. Lawrence for you. That's Father Ryan Moravitz. 877-795-0122. Got a couple minutes here. You can get in your calls. We, I'm glad that we are. We had our kids call because we didn't get a. We had some questions at the beginning. Yeah, and I just want to clarify: we do not put our red light out. <laughs> if you just join, folks, and you like just tuned in, and you're like, "What is this priest talking about? Who is this guy? Why yeah. do they have him on the radio?" We do not do that, or uh-huh. don't think badly of my parishes or anything. We uh-huh. don't do that. Oh, yeah. it's just the regular old Father Rich bantering. <laughs> it was a good question though from a kid, right? So yeah, so I mean. We always like to encourage questions to come in. So you can submit them early on the Facebook page. You can even call them in early, 877-790-795-0122. It's always my favorite segment in the show. So did you have Mass yet today, Father? I did. <clears throat> in the Gospel, Jesus talks about the narrow gate, and then some are going to be left out. Does that mean people are going to go to hell? Well, I mean, we we don't know. You know, I mean, we don't know if people are going to go to hell. Uh, Hans Urs von Balthasar, one of the greatest uh, theologians of the 20th century wrote his last book, Dare We Hope That All Men Are Saved. He got a lot of criticism for that, but he posed the right the right question. You know, dare we hope? Dare we hope? Is there somebody in hell? We can probably say that Judas is probably in hell, you know, because Jesus said, you know, that uh, that better if he had not been born. Anyhow, lots of good questions. Uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, after the break, we are going to be talking about Halloween with Beth Bigelow. After the break. <laughs> 